Verbal intercourse. Verbal intercourse. Verbal intercourse. This is verbal intercourse. Welcome to the third episode of the verbal intercourse. Um, the first episode did real good numbers. Thank you for everybody that's out there listening, and please subscribe to our uh, Apple Podcast on uh, Verbal Intercourse. Just search it with Nick Walker's Verbal Intercourse. Um, today I have on a special guest, one of my brothers, one of the guys that I've looked up to for a long time. Real good guy, police officer, family man, real funny guy, educated, real smart. Blair Underwood, SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My guy Blair Underwood, he got he, he, he trying to grow the beard. It ain't working out too well right now. No, man. <laughs> I like Blair Hamilton. <laughs> Shout out to my dog Christian Vans. Good to have you on here, bro. I appreciate you, man. I need you to I need you to come to the door before I come home and introduce me, man, so my kids know what time it is, hey, man. Hey, hey, boy, when you said that Blair Underwood on, on that Facebook, <laughs> I was rolling that day, nigga. This is where it came from, man. Freshman at Jackson State Honors College and this the ladies, they were in there and uh I can't remember what her name was. Maybe Miss Dixon. And she said, um, ooh Light skinned Miss Dixon. And, yeah, she said, oh, yeah, said yeah. You, handsome like you you handsome like Denzel Washington. Another lady was like, mm mm, mm mm girl. That's Blair Underwood. Man, it sound like some bullshit. <laughs> and listen, right here, listen. And, and, and that's how it started. But then years passed. So like two years ago, I'm at the barbershop. And I'm talking noise, man. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I'm pulling folks over because I got a line. If I don't stop them, how they going to see my haircut? I'm talking noise. I'm talking noise. And dude was like, man, you know who you look like? Man, what's that dude that's whooping his wife on that, uh, on that Medea movie? <laughs> on that Medea movie? I was like, Blair Underwood. Blair Underwood. That's him. That's him. But, you know, I got big teeth, so I call myself Blair Overbite. But, you know, I throw it in there. So, bro, man, uh. You know what I'm saying? You always been a good guy, um, great, great communicator, um, ability to, you know, you've always shown the ability to be a leader. You know what I'm saying? Talk to me a little bit about your upbringing. Like, you know, how did you become who you are today? Okay. Yeah, well, you know, we were, um, both my parents are from here, uh, grew up down here, went to Provine, went to Jack State, and got married and, and moved out to the Bay, so... You know, we all born in, in, in the Bay Area, uh, Vallejo, Milpitas, San Jose. Okay. You and from, so, yeah, you oh, yeah, 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 right, okay. right right there in the Bay Area, man. Okay. Um, so, you know, grew up, A's games, uh, Raiders games, Warriors. I hate the Warriors now, but Golden State Warriors games, you know. So, I, you know, to me, MC Hammer was a superhero because he's from the Bay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Gary E40. Payton from the Bay, E-40, yeah. Mac Dre, um, you know, all, all the Bay Area legends. And so we moved down here in 96. In '97, and uh, right, right. Yeah. So it was a big culture shock. It's yeah. a big culture shock because <laughs> if you just in the South, you know, you spoil in a way of, of black culture and black history, and people don't look at it like that. In the South, has such a such a um, a low self esteem, and it's, it's crazy. Mississippi, in particular, and it's yeah. ridiculous because Mississippi is a birthplace of everything that we think is American culture, music, whatever. True. But you know, growing up in the Bay, it was times you know when I was in Milpitas. I was the only black kid in my class, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, in Vallejo, being it was more it was more black people, but more Hispanics as well. So we moved down here, and my dad said this. My dad said, um, and there's no disrespect to my Bay Area folks or my, <laughs> or my, or my, or my, my family, because mo most of my mom's family, you know, is, is in the Bay Area. Yeah. And, um, you know, my dad said, I want y'all to be real. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, eight, nine years old, I said, I don't know what he's talking about. I want y'all to be real. So... We moved down here, and I grew up on uh, on Prentice Street, Princeton Central, uh, West Jackson, three nine three nine two zero nine. Very very proud of it. I love I love West Jackson like y'all love y'all grandmama. Like I, <laughs> I love it, man. You know so. And then we 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 lived there, and we moved right up the street to on, on Alta Vista, 
And so that's that's my neighborhood. Grew up going to the Perkins Center. Grew up playing basketball over there. Grew up walking to kids' college. Grew up walking the pace uh, yeah. where, where I met Nick when we were 11, 12 years old. And, um, you know. I think we met before that, bro. We might have. We, we might have. We did. He used to, be, he used to be a bully. He used to be my did. bully. He sure did. <laughs> we, were, we were 9 and 10 years old. We sure did. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. sure did. Yeah, we were yeah. 9 and 10 years old, man. So, yeah. So, um, that, that leadership aspect. Um, I, I, I really, I credit both my parents, both my parents for that. And, um, I always kind of explain like this, like if, if, if you build a structure or whatever you're building, like my dad is like the bricks, you know, and, and he, he gave me identity as far as this is who you are. This is what you're about. This is what you do. This is what you don't do. No matter what, these are your core principles. This is who you are. And so he made me an effective person. Yeah. And my mom is like the mortar, you know, be patient, be kind, be loving, be compassionate, be and so she made me she made me a good person. And my dad made me an effective person, my mom made me a good person. And so um that leadership, a lot of that comes from my father, you know, and I'm the only boy, you know, let me know, take care of your sisters, do this, do that. There was a time when I was four. I was four years old, it's nineteen ninety two. Because my little sister Simone, shout out to Simone, Simone was a baby. And my daddy left the house. He said, um, son, be good, be good. Uh, y'all, you know, your mama tired. Mama just had a baby, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you know, my daddy, I thought we was good. I thought we was straight. My mama ain't say nothing. So dad came home, guess mama, she always snitching. She gave her, <laughs> she gave a bad report. And my daddy, my daddy whooped both of us, me and my older sister. Now he kind of halfway whooped Charity, you know, Charity's. She was six at the time because she's 33. Shout out to Charity as well. So, um, but he whooped me. He whooped me, man. And he told me at four years old, he said, uh, son, you know, one day you'll be a father. You'll be a husband. You're a leader. And you cannot afford to make the same mistakes everybody else makes. And other people cannot afford for you to make the mistakes they make. So, um, he always gave me healthy pressure. My father did, and to this day, you know, we real tight now. We yeah. work out together. You know, I talk to him every day. I love him to death. So it's like, even to the day, he still gives me guidance and leadership. But we more like brothers now. On you know, we talk about everything. But I know I remember that day. You know, distinctly. You know, yeah. four years old. I'm, I'm, I'll be 32 this year, yeah. and I remember that him saying that you can't afford that. But even more so, others cannot afford for you to make that mistake. And this healthy pressure. You know, I always had healthy pressure on me growing up yeah so yeah i i um i have a similar story about me and my father because you know i see you you know you go to the gym with your father your father is like like a mirror image of you right, but right, older right you know right, and right. i seen y'all ability to communicate effectively ability to lead together you know right. uh my father he he was a um he he was like a general. I mean, he was a uh, you know army bred, all that type of stuff. Right, right. So he he was very you know to the point, direct. Um, and he told me you know I'm outside working, you know raking leaves, whatever. And he was like, man, son, if you don't if you don't grow up and have more than we got right now, then you ain't did nothing. Right. So that's the right. pressure he put yeah. on somebody yeah. that was like eight years old. Right. And it's just like I'm thinking about I'm still thinking about that statement to this day, and I don't think he was uh, exactly talking about financial. He was talking about what I believe is like um, leadership ability and influence. Yeah. Yep. Because because you know financial. I mean, you can look at you can look at the era they grew up in. It was easier to make money. Right. Right. And you can look at the house that my parents have, and you'd be like. These days, this house costs a meal. Yep. 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 <laughs> so, so yep. I don't think he was talking right. financial, right? But it's also it's very important to lay that groundwork. Yep. And I'm not a father yet, but I'm gonna make sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't, I'm not a father. I don't, <laughs> I don't. It's to, to be determined. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's <laughs> let, 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 let's just let, let's just hope so. <laughs> but <laughs> but but I'm gonna definitely lay that foundation. And um and I'm and I definitely you know see you laying the foundation uh with you know your own family and as well as you know other kids in the community that you that you provide your community service to, um, 
it was interesting that you said that you grew up, you know, with all sisters. So I want to know, like, how how did you become? Because you know, sometimes guys grow up with right. all sisters, and right. you know, they ain't tough. Right, right, right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, how did right. you become so tough? And then, and then, I want you to also kind of talk about on how your ability to grow up with all these sisters kind of made you uh, able to effectively communicate with women that you man, man, listen, listen. All that is nail on the head. Listen, <laughs> listen. I felt like it's such an advantage. Yeah, it was such an advantage, and I didn't realize it, you know, initially. But as I, but time was, I, I was a teenager. Really, by talking about 12, 13, yeah. I understood it was an advantage. And so the thing about that is, like, I had all sisters, but my my dad is like Mr. T. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying on Rocky Three. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah. He's Clubber Lane. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but even even to the fact is, I'm a lot more as big and strong as my dad is. As far as my attitude, I'm a lot more aggressive and 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 brash mm -hmm. and and beat my chest and all that than my dad is. And but the thing about yeah, my dad, you would pull up he, on it. Yeah, oh, straight up, straight <laughs> up. That's my move, baby. And, and, and I say this all the time, like we gonna find out. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not gonna do no back and forth. I say it all the time, like we gonna find out what your daddy did. We gonna find out what my daddy did, and they ain't gonna take but two minutes. We'll find out. You know what I'm saying? We're going to find out. We're yeah. going to find out what's in the sauce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I, I, my, my money's on my pop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I believe he made a warrior. Yeah. And, and so, like, the thing was, my dad used to say, you know, growing up, he was like, man, you got a lot of fire. And I ain't never trying to douse your fire. I always want to direct your fire. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? I always want to direct your fire so it, so, it, so it heat the house and don't burn it down. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? He always used to say that. And so he never – and it's crazy because you, you'll find kids, and I never like to see this, a kid with a lot of confidence or – a lot of just brass and this and that. I never want to douse him. I never douse him or her. I never want to say, nah, calm down. I, you know, I'm, I'm more so want to direct him. Do you, you think about this? Do you think about that? Or if you really believe in yourself this much, you ain't got down nobody else. Like just, just believe in yourself. So, like, but I never want to tell him, oh, you ain't so bad. You ain't, you know, that's, that's not the way to do that. And so, cause that's a gift. Like the way I feel. My heart, my warrior spirit, all that—that's a gift from God. Like right. that—that's something He gave me. It, it's like being seven two, or it's like running the four four and, and, and running the four four and the forty. It's like having a forty inch vertical. It's like having an IQ of one hundred and seventy. Like Real that's tough. a gift, you yeah, know. Yeah. Everybody don't have that. Everybody that, ain't got that. And everybody don't have that. <laughs> everybody don't have. Yeah. Everybody don't have that, man. And that—that's one of the things that helped me and, and made me the, um, you know. You know, I'm, yeah, dog. you know, I'm a yeah, man. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. lock me in a room. Yeah. That's how I feel. And yeah. I ain't got to be mad or nothing about to me. It's a competition. Like yeah. we go and I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I was, I was 11. I was 11 years old in the seventh grade at people's middle school. And, um, you know, I'm a year younger than everybody else in my grade. So yeah. like, I'm like, some folks, your class older than me. So like yeah, yeah. Brad and Dresden, they are over a year older than me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. You know, and that was a crucial year. How old are you? Thirty. I'm thirty. I just I just turned thirty one in November. Okay. So I'll be thirty two November, and, and folks in my class will be thirty three before then, most of them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in the seventh grade, that crucial year. I'm eleven. I'm playing against cats in the eighth grade. It's fourteen. You Real know. Yeah. And so I was like, we were doing, you know, we were doing the drill. You lay on your back, mm -hmm. go to whistle, pop up. So, I mean, matter of fact, the first day of pads. I got ran over by a cat named Ronald Young. We still friends this day. Ronald Clinton Young. Ronald, <laughs> no, right, I'll never forget this cat. <laughs> Ronald Young ran me over so bad, I flipped over on my helmet. Like, I flipped all the way over. Shit. And so I came to the locker room after practicing. My coaches, I mean, they loved me. And they weren't trying to be, they weren't, at that time, they weren't trying, they were trying to look out for me for real. Yeah. They said, Vance, you young, man, you little. Um, come back out next year. This ain't for you. And so, I was so like, ah, you know, dejected. I didn't even tell my pops about it. You yeah. know, I went to practice the next day. And so we was down again. So Coach Gatlin, who twin worked at Chestain. That's right, right. So Coach, Coach Gatlin yeah. said, hey, run over to APEC boy. Hey, run over and talking to whoever there was lined up against me. Run over to APEC boy. Run over to APEC boy. And I was like, dog, hell no. <laughs> you a dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I popped up, bam, yeah. I hit him. And I said, what you say about APEC? And this what messed him up. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. This one messed him up. I didn't go to the back of the line. I laid back down. Yeah. Popped up, smacked next dude, and I laid back down. So, Cause it was like, I don't care. You was a dog then. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Because I know who I am. And so, right. and that's what my dad put in me is if you know who you are, it does not matter the stats of the next cat or height and weight or none of that. Cause I know what I'm in. Sweet Lord Jesus. We'll fight till Jesus come back. This right. is how I feel. And <laughs> right. so that was like a turning point. 
Like I was always kind of t- you know tough, you know, but that was a turning point. I was like, no, nobody better than me. Right. You know, not not necessarily I'm better than everybody else, but nobody better than me. Yeah. You know, so. So yeah, I got a similar story to that because like you know, shout out my nigga Coke because cause I I just told him about that, you know, a couple of years this story, but uh, <laughs> I was at Chess Thing right, and so uh, I had made the team in the seventh grade, and so. Um, it was so many people on the team. It was like fucking <laughs> 17 people on the goddamn team. And so, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, you ain't cut none of these niggas. So, uh, so basically, you know, the first three games, I didn't play because I was like, I was in the seventh grade and I'm not a good practice player. Right, right, like, right, I, right. I don't fucking play good in practice. I'm a gamer. So, shit, basically, uh, basically, you know, uh, Three games pass by, I don't get off the bench. Fourth game, uh, niggas, somebody got kicked off the team. A guard got kicked off the team. Uh, the other guard got in early foul trouble, so Dude. I had to get in the game. And so, uh, and so I get in the game. We playing against peoples, and I'm fucking hooping, son. Like, <laughs> like, cause I'm a gamer. And so people shit, had a, probably had a good team that yeah, year too. Yeah, people yeah. had a good team. They kept a good team because because shit, it, yeah, because it was like everybody that was a year older than me plus plus the niggas that was signed. Cause, so they had Scotty Harrison. And right, shit. right, right, right. So, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So uh, Tim Kendrick and them too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Yep, Tim and yep. Chris Lewis, yep. all yep. them. Yep, yep. yep. So uh, <laughs> a couple games go by. I'm kind of bouncing in, and I think the next game I start and I ain't play well. So I go back to the bench, but right. I'm still getting quality time. So Coach Gatlin, you know, right, right, right. He uh he starts uh Jonathan Copeland at the point. And so Cope running the point, but you know what I'm saying, I'm a bread point. Like you can't you really can't create point guards. You gotta have that dog, you right, know what I'm saying? Right. You gotta know how to run the show, you gotta command. So so basically Cope run point the next game, uh we playing against Hardy. And uh the only reason we win that shit is because because the momentum has shifted. Only reason we win that shit is because it was a leak on the fucking from the roof down, and uh, and they had to put a bucket in the middle of the goddamn court, and they was like play around the bucket. Coach Gallon was like, "Hell no, nah, we ain't playing around no bucket." So shit, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, so I'm on the bench, and and I'm just thinking like, bro, I know I can run this show better than Cope. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to my nigga. You know what I'm saying? But I wake up that day, I said, you know what? I'm gonna pick this nigga up full court, man to man, all fucking practice, and he, he and I'm not gonna let him get a goddamn point. I said, I, and I'm in the seventh grade. I'm like 12 years old. I'm thinking like, bro, today ain't the day. So, bro, I go to practice. And like I'm thinking about this shit all day. That was <laughs> right, right. Like he don't even know nothing about it. I didn't say a goddamn word. All I said was, bro, I'm in my head. I'm in the He don't know what just hit him, goddamn. Cope was a pre of a chilling. On me. This nigga under attack. He don't even know. Real talk. <laughs> hey, bro. When I got to practice, bro, I picked this nigga up full court. And 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 the momentum shift, you could just tell that everybody yeah. looks. Yep. Looking like so, Coach stopped practice because he can tell what the fuck going on. He right. like he said, "Hey, Cope, this nigga cannot guard you." That's what he said, and that's when I said, "Yes, sir, oh. yes, sir." Yes, sir. Oh, I, I, I said, "Okay, okay, <laughs> bruh." I, I motherfucking locked his ass out, and then the next game he started, but but Coach like benched him quick because he ain't play well. Like we like I got in the game, we like down by four and we win by twenty because I fucking run the show. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but it was just that dog mentality that a That's nigga it. gotta have, got to have just it, when you competing and just in life you know yeah. what i'm saying and it, it don't matter what nobody look like you can't you can't look at somebody yeah. and tell you know you can't look at somebody and say okay he tough he a dog he it's just inside your heart and like i say that is a skill like that that dog mentality you yeah. born with that and yeah. you can you can hone it and craft it or whatever or you can Develop it more, yeah. But if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. You know what I'm saying? So did you get your toughness? I'm sure you got a lot of it from just your upbringing. But talk to me about how uh, the West Side of Jackson just made you tough. Man, man, <laughs> man! Like it's it's crazy because shout out to the West Side <laughs> three nine three nine two zero nine till I die, and I, I mean that, man. I mean that with every 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 you know fiber inside of me, man. So it's like. Growing up in, in West Jackson, what I'm so very proud of, and I credit, I, I say it made me, 
you know, all the time. It made me because I know I wouldn't be the same man if I was still in Vallejo. And no disrespect. No disrespect. 707-415. No disrespect. Um, but I have friends that I grew up with, you know, um, I'm trying to who all caught the bus with me, man. Crystal Jones. We always at the same bus stop, me and my sister. Um, shoot, Larry McCook lived in South Jackson somehow. He made his way over there yeah. sometime. Aaron Bridges, Michael Turner, you know, but but I had kids that used to wait for the, you know, you know, that ain't here now, you know, that died when we were kids. I had a homegirl grew with me and them got, you know, she turned out on on hooked on dope, turned yeah. out was selling the bodies and that they, they found her dead behind the school. Damn. I got another homeboy grew up with me, man. You know, by the time we were twenty, he was wandering around Washington Dishing, you know what I'm saying? Um, and it was just like just that environment, it bred uh dichotomy man of 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 toughness and compassion you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah of 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 ferocity and kindness and it's like because it was only in that neighborhood it might have been two dads my dad and uh the kid lived next to me darius darius davis shout out to doodle he hooped, he hooped at uh at jim hill with, my, with brandon with my cousin brandon okay. uh anderson Niasha, little brother um, Nation, I don't know if you knew the Nation, you know the Nation Anderson, yeah, Anderson yeah, they're my cousins. Uh, okay. But yeah, yeah, so so Doodle, he, Darius played with them, but we had like the only dads in the neighborhood, so so it was like our dads, everybody's dads, you know what I'm saying? It's mm. just one of those things where um, it's like poverty in Jackson mm-hmm. looks different than poverty other places because I've been poor in California. Um, and being poor in California sometimes look better than being middle class in Jackson. I'm just saying yeah, the feel yeah, of it. I, yeah, the I, feel of it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, there, I would definitely. Yeah, that, there's yeah. there's like a cloud. There's there's like um almost like a despair almost over the city at sometimes. It's just a different feel. But th- just just the day to day, um, those opportunities to be around kids that didn't have the peace I had at home. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And so those are my first opportunities to lead into love. You know what I mean? Because I'm coming from a home where I have nothing but love and support inside my home, no matter what else is going on outside. I got nothing but love and support in my home. And so I'm walking to the Perkins Center. I'm well, I'm, 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 I'm walking down the Provine because, you know, I used to just run drills with them them guys too sometimes. I just go down to, you know, go down on the corner of uh, Robinson Ellis yeah. and or, or – or run around the graveyard at Jim Hill or go to Champion Gym or go to, you know, go to Shepherd Park. That's why, yeah. you know, yeah, I used to go all the time. I used to yeah. go all the time. And so I'm dealing with kids um, as a young man, 10, 11, 12 years old, that don't have what I have at right. home. And I'm learning how to recognize that and how to and how to lead and how to love at an early age and, and make room and grace for people saying, you know, he don't he don't really mean that. You right. know, he don't really know nothing else or she don't really know nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna love them through this, mm-hmm. and so, man, that's helped me tremendously being a cop. But, but um, that's just it, man. When I say Wes Jackson made me, it's that dichotomy of ferocity and compassion. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Of being the lion and the lamb. So, that's you know three nine two zero nine till I die. I'm yeah. very proud of it. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the West Side, man. I'm like, it, it's very interesting that you said you know your dad was one of the two dads in yep. the neighborhood because yep. it's like um growing up you know you know my father always been there my father and my mother and like uh but when i played basketball in the inner city right and i played in you know the city league you know the west side mm-hmm. uh curse gymnasium yep you know uh all those places you know that's that's in the hood that's the west it's west jackson right. south jackson right you know i'm playing on teams with where you know parents parents ain't never at the game yep, yep you know and and my dad i remember my dad um we had a game in in pearl my dad would put like all seven of us in one red volvo yep. that shit is illegal as hell yep, yep. yeah <laughs> but get to the game yeah man. got us to the game S- support yeah. support your support your family exactly like, show love exactly because like you know a volvo ain't no damn big car but mm-hmm. But you know he would just he he would do that and you know he would coach me and coach all these kids be a be a strong male role model and all these kids that ain't got no father figure at right. all he was like they daddy so absolutely it's, it's like people like when when people hit me up that I ain't talked to in a long time they always be like you know how your dad you yeah. know and you know it's good to see you out here in the community you know doing a lot of things for the youth 
I man, uh, you know, and I I go a lot of places, you know, a lot of schools, you know, speak, you know, I, you know, I work with my 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 nonprofit, the Fern Foundation, and I deal with a lot of children, and <clears throat> you know, I am a natural father, like right. that's what I am. You know, everything else is window dressing. Everything else is a, is accoutrement. Everything else is, you know. Uh, being a father is the most natural thing I, I have ever done. Being being a husband is hard. Being a husband takes work. Being a husband, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Being a father, you can't outdad me. That's how I feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and everything I want for my kids, I want for everybody else. If if you could do a CAT scan, if you could do some brain graphing, if if you could see how my brain reacts when I see my kid, and then yeah. see how my brain reacts when I see any kid, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. Because that's how I was raised, and they all belong to me. They all belong to me, and I belong to them. And so when I'm out of uniform or whatever, and I see, you know, I'm just going around the city, whatever, I'm at a grocery store, park, whatever, and the kid says, hey, Officer Vance, <laughs> it means so much to me. It yeah. means so much to me because they they don't recognize their uniform. They recognize their relationship. Yeah. They recognize that I belong to them, and they belong to me. And so that's I got minutes. I got awards. I got, like, plaques and medals I've won. I've been an officer for nine years in October. Nine years in October I've been JBD. And I got all kinds of certificates. I've been in the newspaper this night. I'm telling you, nothing means more to me than to be on aisle seven of Kroger <laughs> or to be at yeah. Chevron or whatever. And some kid tell me whose name I probably don't remember. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But yeah. I know the kid and they say, Hey, Officer Vance, hey, Officer Vance. Ooh, Mama, Dad, hey, that's Officer Vance. And I stop. I'm going to stop what I'm doing. Yeah. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, young man. Da, 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 Because I want to keep that relationship going because they the most important thing in the city. True. Yeah, the youth is definitely the most important thing in the city because that's the only way Jackson going to thrive Ooh. is if the youth thrive. That's it. So um, it was interesting that you said that. Um, talk to me about your plight from – because, you know, in high school, you know, you was an athlete. You was Mr. Murrah. Um, Jackson State, you was in a lot of things. How, tell, talk to me about your plight from being Mr. Murrah to being a cop in the community that you grew up in. It's so, man, listen, it's so crazy because, like, you know, at work, I, you know, I don't throw a lot of big words around and I don't talk about a lot of, you know, unnecessary stuff. But, you know, if, if we want to sit down and talk about pre-Raphaelite art or um, <laughs> or the, the transition of Victorian literature into the yeah. Elizabethan period and Henry Gibson, you know what I'm saying? Smart, you know, but nobody knows that because I'm yeah. a cop, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's so funny because, you know, I was AP Scholar Honors and National Achievement Scholar and all that kind of stuff, and I had a full ride academically to just about everywhere in the state. And so um, I actually accepted my uh, academic scholarship at Southern Miss. Okay. And uh, me and Larry McCook was going to be roommates. Yeah. And so Coach Jones say, hey, hey, <laughs> SpongeBob, hey. He said, just like Hey, Michael Max wouldn't go to no Southern Miss. Hey, real talk. And hey. so, you know, I was going on a field trip to Chicago, <laughs> and Jerry Mason was in my class, and Ronald Mason yeah. was one of the uh, chaperones. You know, he said, hey, say, man, listen, son, if you stay in, he said, where you going? I said, I'm going to Southern Miss. He said, you going to stay in the state? You need to go to Jackson State, man. And I said, man, y'all done doing, you know. He said, nah, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> hey, send your stuff in. You yeah. know, give it to me. Uh, fax it to me. Send it to him on a Sunday evening. I think on Friday, yeah. I got all my paperwork in. I went to Jackson State. And it's so crazy because I had some teachers that did not want me to go to Jackson State. Yeah. They thought it was beneath me. I had one teacher start crying. Yeah. I'm like, dog. This my neighborhood, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. I grew up walking to Jackson State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up going to the old gym in the yeah. back. I grew up, you know what I'm saying, yeah. before Liberal Arts Building. Like, this is my neighborhood. Jackson State is a linchpin in, of West Jackson, of that neighborhood. It's a cornerstone of that neighborhood. Yeah. And so I go to Jackson State. Nobody likes that. I major in criminal justice. And so my this is my plan. I said, listen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work, you know, local police, you know, three, four years. Go DEA, go ATF, whatever. Shout out, no, Larry Cook. Larry Cook did his thing, and um, but then so I I go, I apply for uh Jackson, you know JPD, yeah. and it's taking a long time because the academy. I'm working this job. I I hate. Oh God, I hate this job. I was working as apartment manager when I was 21. <laughs> I was 21 yeah, years I old. I was assistant. <laughs> I was assistant apartment manager Lincoln Gardens. Shout out Lincoln Gardens. <laughs> I was, uh, Mr. Bass in the office collecting rent. So, so 21 years old. You pulling up on niggas, stealing on niggas. Where the rent at, man? <laughs> got got a wife and a kid. And so I start with JPD. I start with JPD, and it's so rewarding and it's so fulfilling. And I'm like, dude, like. 
I don't really want to do nothing else. Because people, you know, a lot of people I go to law school, be a lawyer. And there's not, I have nothing against lawyers. Nothing. God bless you. But I die on the inside. You yeah. know, I, I like to. I love people so much. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I always have loved Jackson, period. And so becoming a police officer intensified that feeling for me. Yeah. Because I'm helping people face to face, man, mm-hmm. and, and, and build a relationship. So I'm 22 now. I'm 22 at the academy. I'm 22. So three years in, I'm 25 years old. And I'm like, okay, this 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 the time, like, you know, make the move. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so keep working. I, I, I put a couple of things in, you know, has you know certain things working out, trying to see what it's going to do. And then culture shift. Culture shift hit, you know, and we got, you know, we got Mike Brown. And you know, and not not so much the culture shift, but uh, the blinds was let up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The blinds was let up. So not not really a culture shift, a culture shift for America, yeah. but not within our community. Yeah. So so, and I'm like, and I and I honestly, um, when I was about 26, I was in a bad place, man. About 26 years old, man, because I'm I am who who you know I feel like I can do anything in the world, and yeah. I'm a police officer in this city because I love these people, and these people hate me. Yeah. You know, and the natural um, response to FU is, man, FU too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I never done anything at work that I was ashamed of, you know, but I felt ways that I was ashamed of. I, I was so angry. I was so angry at times, man. And so for like a year, yeah. I was in a dark place, man. I was, I was in a dark place where I questioned um, the efficacy of everything I'd done. You know, yeah. and that, and that's that's a that that's how people feel before they commit suicide. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I was in a different place, and people, a lot of people don't know that about me, yeah. um, because I'm always smiling, and I am a happy person. That's that's really that's not a mask. It's really who I am. Yeah. But I'm speaking on this particular period of my life, and you know, four years in, wife, two kids, four or five years in the police department, and and I'm at a point where every time I go somewhere, everybody hate me. I'm yeah. like, dog, you called me. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. And so, and so, you got all these talking heads who pop up now, and they really make a living off of black folks versus the police department. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And these are folks who never had no bad running with the cops. This is no, these folks who never, you know what I'm saying. But they make a living off of this uh, divide. They, mm-hmm. This is how they pay their bills. It's a new market. It's right. a new market. And some folks are legitimate, and some people are real, and mm-hmm. some folks ain't. And so. My dad told me something, and this 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 changed my life. This is this is right before I started the Fern Foundation, and he said, "Man, because I was like, Dad, you know, I feel like I'm putting water in a bucket with twelve holes in it, yeah, because nothing makes a difference. You know what I'm saying? You know." And he said, "Son, he just retold me the parable of of the sower uh, of of the sower of seeds, mm-hmm. and and you know, some fell on good ground, some got ate up, some got choked up, you know, and some grew." And he said, "Son." All you got to do is keep throwing seeds out. It don't matter. He said, whoever's in front of your face, you love them, man. If you see them again, you love them again. If you don't see them again, your job was done. Because you don't know who else God got working in their life. He said, you put too much pressure on yourself. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You put too much pressure on yourself. And then so I was like, and I was trying to find a way. You know, I said, how can I centralize this? And how can I... um, Get this love out. I got some love. I got some love. I want. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got some love. Right. I want to get out, man. You know, like some folks get frustrated. They got some anger. They want to go to pistol range, or, or they want to, <laughs> you know, tear something up. They want to yeah. throw plates on them. Gonna break something. I got some, but I got some love. I, I need to let out. Yeah. And so I called my my brother, um, uh, my brother-in-law David Perkins, who grandfather is John Perkins. Um, I don't know if you heard of preaching the Klansman. We used to read that book back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. That's John Perkins. That's okay. John Perkins. So his grandson is married to my sister. Me and David grew up together. Love him to death. Mm-hmm. And so he's the first person I called because we used to volunteer at the Perkins Center. I said, man, I want to start a foundation. I want to start mentoring. I called Drez. I called Brad. I called Burke. I called my dad. And I said, you know, we start me. I said, let's do this. And so we started doing stuff with like five kids, you know, and, and looked up, had about 40 kids. Caught Nick, Nick's, Nick's been there. The Ray's been there. I had some coworkers come through. And it's all like character-based, Bible-based, trying to build these kids up. You know what I'm saying? And that was that turning point. And so that's how I went from just, you know, being a student, you know, to being a young cop to um being an effective cop and 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 then getting ahead of that. Cause cause cop a lot of that's reactionary and to being proactive and, and, and starting the firm foundation. But it started in that turmoil. Of of 
it's too many names. It's too many names to call out. I don't even want to call names because I don't want to leave nobody out and I don't want to disrespect nobody. Well, it was the turmoil of uh, the mainstreaming of police brutality. Right, right, okay, right, right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah. So yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So I don't. I want to. Yeah. That main the, the the lifting of the blinds of police brutality, and that's why I don't want to start calling names because I don't want to miss nobody because everybody's life yeah. lost. You know what I'm saying? Precious. So, but but that it's so crazy because man, that's crazy that that had you. I understand that it would because yeah. because you have to wear the uniform with guys. You have to wear the same uniform right. with guys that don't give a damn right. about it. You know what and, I'm saying? And cats across the country that I might have never even meet that yeah. end up on TV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so and so the folks that hate them ain't gonna never meet them, but they yeah. gonna meet me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I but I love these folks so. Man, listen. Imagine, yeah. <laughs> imagine you got a wife and kids or whatever, whatever, and and you bust you bust your ass all day for them. Everything you do is for them. Yeah. But every time they see you, they have contempt in their face. Yeah. And that's what I was going through. The folks I love the most, which is this city, you know, I, I you know not I, I don't you know belittle any plight anywhere else or anything going, but I am for Jackson. I you know that's what I see. You know, I love Jackson, so. When I was going through this on the streets in Jackson, and I'm seeing all this contempt and all this hatred, I'm like, man, I die for you. Yeah. And that's not hyperbole. Mm-hmm. I mean that I die for you, man. I've been in situations off duty, eating my breakfast. Lady runs in crystals. I was eating my breakfast. I got out, clocked out. Lady runs in crystals, face beat in. Yeah. Face beat in. She said she's living in North Hill Square. She said a dude beat up, holding the kids hostage. He got an AK at the crib. It, now I'm 24, 25. We don't have that. We don't have the assault rifles yet. We just got the, the handgun. So I call another dude. We go over there, and so I'm, you know, the, their apartment was. Of course, I can't see, but it's a corner. <laughs> it's a corner. It's a corner. And so I can see one kid. Mm-hmm. I can see one kid, and I'm telling him to go get his brother and bring him out. Yeah. Go get your brother and bring him out. So he gets his younger brother, brings him out. I tell the other officers take him down to the parking lot. Now I'm going here. Knowing I'm outgunned, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Knowing my vest can't stop no, you know, no assault gun fire, none of that. Nah, but it got but, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at this <laughs> point, it don't matter. Yeah. I gotta get this dude. I gotta at least first. I gotta take these kids, preserve life. I gotta get these kids. Second thing is, I have to arrest this suspect that has bludgeoned this woman, and so people don't see that, you know. A lot of people who talk and this that they haven't been afraid in so long, or they haven't been in a situation that makes their heart rate jump, or they or they heart beat out their chest. And this is real life, man. You yeah. know, this is this. I've been in situations. <laughs> I've been in situations, man. This is real life, and people don't they don't understand that. So when you go through that, this and that, and I, you know, and then people look at you and they hate you. I'm like, man, man, I, man, I love you, man. Yeah. And so, but I was taking too much of that on. You know, mm-hmm. and so it took my father. He took somebody that knows more than me, that loves me, to to say, "Hey, man, you taking too much of that on? You know, get at the God and give out what He gave you." You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's an exchange. And I don't know how many Christians or what. I ain't, listen. I ain't no, I ain't no preacher, and I ain't perfect, and none of that. Please believe, please believe. My, you know, folks can write a book on me, right. but but that's the exchange. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking all this negativity, you know, that I don't have to take on. I'm gonna give it to him, and I'm gonna give out what he gave me to give out. I'm gonna give out this love, and that's man, that's what I do. Man, that's that's beautiful, man, because because I think you know the divide between Black Americans and the police is just due to years and years of oppression, yep. years and years of brutality. Yep. I mean, even to this day, we are three times more likely yep. to be murdered. Yep. Um, without even without a weapon by the police yep. and i think what's beautiful about you is that is that you actually felt that emotion because i'm i'm sure it's a lot of cops out here i mean it, it doesn't matter if you haven't been beaten up by a cop but you've been harassed right. by a cop right. as a black male right. yep. i mean i i was working home health in in pedal in pedal mississippi and i'm just driving around the neighborhood looking for the house that I'm supposed to be at. Right, right. To provide Co- services. To provide healthcare services and police just following me around. So uh just follow me around. He turn around, circle around and see my face, run and I'm sure he ran my place and all that and seeing I was clean. That you know, that's harassment. But, you know, it it is what it is. I, I mean, we you gotta take that with a grain of salt living in America as a black man, as a black woman. But you know the best thing about you is that you start you started a foundation 
the firm foundations and i think that um it's very important because you are a cop to to basically um create a great relationship between the community and a, a police officer so in that way when the youth sees a police officer they don't see an enemy they see a hero somebody that's actually putting their life on the line because just like you said i mean if somebody breaking my house who i'm gonna call but the police <laughs> i mean so um i want you to talk a little bit about you know um this you talked about the starter foundation i want you to talk about what is the firm foundation what okay. do you do yeah, okay, so so the Firm Foundation, like I said, we started, actually, man, three years ago now, you believe that? Okay. And so we we, we worked with um, the John Avera May Perkins Foundation, uh, a, a place I grew up at, a community center that's in West Jackson, 1831 Robinson Street, that I grew up playing basketball at and going to Bible study and all that kind of stuff. Me and my sisters grew up there. And so uh, every Thursday we get together and we will, you know, the curriculum changes from, you know, from season to season, but we'll focus on something in particular. Like right now we're focusing on accountability and consequences. Okay. So that's what we're doing. So we first get there, we let the kids play, because that's another thing to me that's very important is kids don't play anymore, man. Kids don't, like, play outside. You go, yeah, yeah. Jackson got, like, 30 parks, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Kids don't, you know, we growing up, you go home. You get out your get out your take your school clothes off. Yeah. Yeah, get them school clothes. You go play. You just go play, man. Your mama had to come find you. Go play outside. So they don't do that anymore. So I let them play. Just be kids, man. Bring them inside. We talk for a little bit, and then we get into our get into our lesson. And so whether whatever the theme is, is always character based and Bible based, man. And just trying to build them up, trying to build and make and make them think for themselves and make it applicable to everyday life. So it's a lot of give and take where I say, well, what did you see here? Or what do you think about this? Or it was, man, it was um, uh, two weeks ago we did labels. And so we talked about labels. And, and these kids will teach you, man. These kids will teach you. And so, because a lot of my kids, they from my neighbor. They from Bank Street. They from Deer Park. They from Dalton Street. Yeah. Some of my kids grew up like the kids. I grew up with it, didn't have what I had. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So we in a circle, and uh, we talking about labels, and everybody, the basic, the basic premise is, if I go to the store and I see a can, and it says black beans on it, I expect when I crack it open to have black beans. Your label <laughs> is who you are. So the thing is, I was telling about pick one word that, that defines you. Like, what's your label? So we, going, we got little boys. So, you know, my youngest boy is four. My oldest boy is probably 15. And so we going around. And, um, you know, a couple boys, they saying, tough, I'm tough, I'm tough. And so one boy, 15-year-old boy, he says, man, you know, one thing about being tough is tough ain't about fighting. Tough is also standing up for what's right. right. Tough is standing up for somebody who can't speak for themselves. Tough is not being afraid to be unpopular. Tough is, and this, you know, you know, this boy's speaking wisdom. And yeah. so, and so, and I told him, because he don't come all the time. He's three brothers. They don't come all the time. I said, so I pulled him to the side. I said, son, that's why it's important for you to be here. Yeah. Not just to, not just to give, not just to get, but to give. give. Yeah. Because, because sometimes they can't hear it from me because I'm 31 years old. Yeah. They look up to you. So, so that's like building that, that not just between me and them, but between each other, uh -huh. building that brotherhood. Because I've had, man, I moved down here when I was nine years old. I had the same friends since I was 11, 12 years old. And we hold each other accountable, man. You know, Brad and Dredge and Ford and Casey. And, you know what I'm saying? And if I'm messing up, man, you know, Brad going to tell me, hey, man, hey, partner. Yeah. Casey going to tell me. Cash going to tell me. And like, and, and, and vice versa. We was in college. We used to look at each other midterms. <laughs> Straight up. Let me I see them. Never did. Hey, that. man, yeah. we look at each other. And, and if your midterm went right, man, we get on you. Man, what you doing? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You ain't doing enough. That's, you know what I'm saying? Because I was the only one that didn't play ball in college because the rest of them was playing ball. So I kept me two jobs. Yeah. Because like, I'm not getting out of work around here. Yeah. I know y'all got yeah. weights, y'all got practice. Yeah. I've been working at a coffee shop and the gym. Then I had an internship at Piker Reeves and Johnson. Like, I, you know, and, and but we, we held it to, to a standard. And so that's what that's what we're trying to, you know, recreate here is is because when I leave, I'm gone. True. Yeah. I'm gone, dog. You yeah. know, so I want you guys to be able to hold each other up and hold each other accountable. Same thing with my dad, and I hope, man, I hope he got, he's sick. He'll be 60 in October. I hope he got 30 years left. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? I hope he got 30 years. I need him. And that's why we start working out again together. I said, Pop, I need you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but no matter when he leave, you know, he's gone physically. But whatever he left relationally and emotionally and spiritually, that's still here. And I believe that's what your father was talking about. Right. Is having more than what we have. Is having the influence to create change. And right. that's what creates change. I tell you all the time, what fights crime? Okay. 
socioeconomic opportunity is the long ball. That's a long-term goal that yeah. fights crime, right? The short-term everyday thing that fights crime is community. True. That's what fights crime. So, so like, Princeton Central, when we live on Princeton Central, crime was real high, right? We move not a mile down the road to Alta Vista. The folks had been living there a little bit longer. We knew each other better. There was community. Crime was lower. If you go to the North End, you go to Lamar Street, crime ain't high. Right. Crime not high because and I'm not saying no criminals that live there, <laughs> but they don't commit no crime there. <laughs> crime not high in the North End because if you live off Lamar Street, you've been living there. Yeah. It's community. Community fights crime. Social social economic opportunity is the long the long ball. That that that. It that sounds good. Right, right, yeah, right. And yeah. that takes you to a place that hopefully you don't come back from. Yeah. But the day-to-day, you know what I'm saying? The day-to-day, it's like it's like you playing ball. Yeah, the head coach, cool. You're like, you playing football. The head coach, cool. He might talk to you all the time. You talk to your position coach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's who you talk to. I play linebacker. I don't talk to head coach all the time. That's the long game. I talk community, <laughs> community the position coach. You know, your community is who you talk to all the time. And so that's the thing about it is fostering strong community ties where you and, and that's a this is a tangent listen there's a lot of politicians and um and speaking talking heads that that do this thing you know the community versus the police the community versus the police and historically especially in our community a lot of that is warranted mm-hmm. but it's 2020 so i'm trying to i'm trying to raise a standard you know what i mean right. so so community versus police so the community versus police where the criminals, where the criminals fit in? You know, so we 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 love us some criminals, but whoo, sweet lord, we love some criminals. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, we love them. We love some criminals. But the real the real equation is the police in the community versus crime. You see what I'm saying? That's yeah. the real equation. That's where you want to be. Right. But when these talking heads just say the community versus police, listen, man, and 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 I know I talk to more victims. See, people don't talk to victims every day, and so and so that's why it's so easy to feel sorry for this armed robber or this carjacker or this rapist or this murderer, you know, free John John. I don't care nothing about John John. Because I, I, I talk to the family who he carjacked. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and, 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 and the thing is, like, a lot of times people in the community, they don't care about crimes that are happening to them or theirs. Yeah. And that's sorry. That's yeah. sorry. Yeah. You know, if, if, if somebody robbed Nick Mama, if somebody robbed your mama, they didn't rob my mama. Yeah. That's how I feel for real. That's yeah. how I feel for real. And so we, a lot of these folks, a lot of politi- a lot of politicians have won elections. A lot of folks, a lot of talking heads that got jobs off of the police versus the community. And and we and we we just criminals just we don't care. It's all right. It's okay, guys. You know, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Rob and kill and steal. That's all. Ain't no big deal. Yeah. But we have to. That's what that's what I'm doing. Not what I'm trying to. do. That's what I'm doing. Is, is is building that bridge, and in some cases, strengthen the bridge. Some people already got that. We already got that that, that foundation. Strengthen that foundation and say, listen, y'all. Jackson got one hundred sixty thousand people, and it's not full of bad people. Jackson sure. is not full of bad people. Jackson's full of folk going to school, going to work. Da, da, da. Probably probably three percent of the community commit eighty percent of the crime. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 those people versus crime. It's, it's those people in me versus crime. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to. That's what I want. To be seen is that you know I got your back. I get your shirt off my back. I do anything for you. Like, but who I want to catch is that dude that breaking your house True. while you at work. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's who I want to catch. You know, so that's the thing about it. And I, I want to always be leery of politicians or whoever that don't say nothing about crime. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't. I don't trust them. Cause they they house cats to me. I don't trust you a house cat. I don't yeah. trust you. You ain't gonna roll your sleeves up. So <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, we, we we can move on. But I just I just that just jumped on me, man. It bothered me, man. So um, yeah, um. <laughs> big old big old house cat. Hey, old a house cat. cat. I ain't heard. I ain't heard <laughs> big old, that big shit. old house cat. Garfield. But but yeah, man, it's been great having you on, dog. I mean, you you done drop hella wisdom, dog, and. And I appreciate you for being on here. And I also appreciate everything that you do. You're a strong man. And uh, I hope you run for mayor or something one day. Like, be a politician, be a captain of the police right. department, all that. Because, I mean, it's easily in you. And, and I already know that you very intelligent and able to be able to do something like that. I got a question, though. Oh, yeah. Before we leave, uh, crazy cop stories. Yeah, let me all hear right. this shit. Okay, check this out. <laughs> 
check this out, man. So I'm in North Jackson. I'm on a very quiet street. It's probably it was nine thirty. I know it's nine thirty one when I when I yeah, nine thirty one in the morning. Probably about nine twenty five when I got there. So it's raining and there's a class graduating. So a lot of sergeants, commanders, lieutenants, they at the police academy. So, because it's raining, we spread out, folk working wrecks and all kinds of stuff. So, I get there on the street, dude butt naked in the street. Just butt naked, <laughs> right? Like he fell out of the sky, butt naked. Uh, big dude, built like me, but about 6'2". He probably about 240, man. So, but he still got his jeans on because he could take them off. His jeans right around his right around his shoes. So, I get to everybody outside with their phones out, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm like Kevin Hart. Like, help me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, 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 dude, I said, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. He goes, ah! I said, God, golly. Oh, my God. I don't want to do this, man. The man, right. the man meet out. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to fight nobody when they meet out. <laughs> So yeah, you automatic. yeah, yeah, man. I won't do I, that. I'm not even gonna go there. But I you yeah, yeah. You, uh, you kind of, you, yeah. you know, what I'm saying then it's it, it's wet. He's sweaty. I can't grab him good. Only thing he saved me was the man. The man's pants were still around his ankles, so I end up kind of wheelbarrowing him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but man, I tussled with that dude. I tussled with that dude from 9:31 to 10:02, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because AMR hit him with a shot. He shook it off. Ah, he shook it off, man. He was stunning that shot. So, this is the worst part. I'm kind of claustrophobic, man. So I don't like like tight spaces. So I'm on. I finally finally get him on the gurney, get him in the ambulance. I don't the ambulance tight. I don't like it already. I'm trying to get off of it. So I got his arms pinned back. I'm leaning over his head. I'm behind him. The dude threw up in my face. Oh shit. The dude threw up in my face, man. And, and my partner, Smitty, and I was so glad Smitty got there because I was like, you know what I'm saying, Smitty handled business too. And he was like, he know how I'm claustrophobic. He's like, partner, you want me to get on there with you? I was like, no, man, I'm good. It's like, you remember on Jurassic Park where they spit the black because it was black, man. I was, it was, it was, man, hey, it was terrible. It was terrible. But I had to fight a naked man for half an hour, you know what I'm saying? That shit, and, uh, yeah, man, meet out. <laughs> meet. Semi, semi erect. We're going to wrap it up on that, man. <laughs> man, thank y'all for listening to the Verbal Intercourse, man. It's our third episode, and we're going to keep on moving. One.